Hello, and welcome back to the Court Sense Podcast. I'm your host, Brian McInnes, and this week we're changing things up because from a basketball perspective, it's hard to top having NBA Finals participants Phil Handy and Anthony Carter come on over the last couple weeks. So this time I'm bringing on a good friend of mine, Falaniko Maosi, to talk not basketball, not football, but video game streaming and esports. All right, there's probably a good number of people listening to this right now thinking, okay, whatever, esports is not a sport. Well, I disagree. I mean, if NASCAR or lawn bowling are sports, to me, esports has just as much of a claim. But that's not really what this episode is all about. Live streaming of games, even at the amateur and hobby level, has really taken off in recent years to the point that there's a multi-million dollar market out there and people who earn their entire living off of it. At the highest levels of streaming on Twitch and other platforms, people by the thousands tune in to watch their favorite personalities go through the highs and lows of a live performance and experience the thrills and agonies right along with them, a relatively new form of entertainment that only figures to grow in popularity. For Fallen Eco, a family man with a day job, it's a side hobby, but one that the former Hawaii marching band member is pretty knowledgeable about and good at explaining. So if you ever found yourself wondering what the appeal of streaming is for the millennials and the Gen Zers, listen on for some insight. Here we go. Check out Mike and Kara at Nokoi Automotive in Kalihi for all your vehicle repairs and maintenance needs. Quick turnaround, affordable, honest, and ASE certified. Call or text 842-6453 to schedule an appointment today. That's 842-MIKE or email nokoiauto at gmail.com. The best part? Mention the Court Sense podcast for a 10% discount. Okay. Welcome back to the Court Sense Podcast, and welcome to a little bit of a departure from the norm of the subject matter that has been the pod over these last several months, basically since the uh, COVID pandemic really started, you know, and this pod began in April as kind of an, an outlet for me to talk about basketball, bring on different guests. But I also indicated in the pod description way back then that, you know, I may be talking about gaming, some other passions of mine fantasy, sci-fi, that kind of thing, esports, And I'm finally bringing that to fruition in the form of a good, good friend of mine that I go back with now for quite some time, a guy named Falaniko Maosi, who lives on the mainland, but is a born and raised Hawaii guy. Uh, went to Kailua High School with me. And now he is unfortunately a guy that I have to keep in touch with remotely, but still a good friend of mine. And he does a good amount of streaming video game streaming on twitch twitch tv that is kind of his his outlet his hobby and i I just thought i'd bring him on to talk about that because it's something i don't know a whole heck of a lot about but he is definitely better informed than i and still does it pretty actively so i want to say welcome follow nico mostly to the court sense podcast hey thank you brian thank you for having me hey man well uh please tell me what life has been like for you right now i know you live in northern california outside the bay area right and uh uh, up there with your, your wife and two children. What has yeah. life been like for you these last few months? Um, it's been an unusual journey. Um, trying to get my son situated with school. He's five. So he just started kindergarten. And I mean, I don't know if you can remember back to when you had kindergarten, but 
imagine instead of having recess and actually walking to classrooms, you just sat in front of a computer screen for four hours and then the teacher kind of just, you know, read you stories and then had to call on individual students the whole time. It's, it's a struggle. I know he struggles with it. I know he, his, his personality doesn't uh, allow himself to, to expand himself through that, but you know, it, 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 we're trying to make it work. Um, youngest son is just turned, I think, three months old now so he, he's just learning how to move his toes so he's got the way to go and then uh wife and i are doing fine we got our our living situation settled you know and uh, you know living in hawaii i never thought i'd even own a house it's just amazing that the journey it's been in just short five years hey amen well yeah congratulations on your second son and and owning a house i know that's a big deal um I mean, you mentioned just living through screens. I think that's something we've all had to, you know, adapt to, relate to in recent years. And I can't imagine having to do that as a kindergartner. I do remember, to answer your question, going back to kindergarten, I do have some kind of memories in the back of my head, like, uh, you know, painting, <laughs> sketching, like, like just <laughs> finger painting, whatever, you know, uh, paint, drawing outside the lines, all that good stuff. I can't ima- imagine how kids are doing that digitally now, but um you know, please, I want to thank you for um, broadening the scope of this podcast. That, that's really my impetus to bring you on. Um, and before we get into the, the realm of, of streaming and Twitch streaming, that's the platform you, uh, you play on. You are a former University of Hawaii band member for an extended period of time. Uh, <laughs> and I'll let you indicate to people just how long we're talking about uh, uh, a tuba player. Um, but on that note, Falunico, Hawaii football just came back. That's what you would be doing the bulk of your, your marching band duties for would be with the football team, right? So how did you feel about football coming back, uh, being played there, not too far from where you are in, in Fresno and uh, the UH football team picking up a win in its season opener? Uh, yeah, uh, start from the beginning. I mean, yeah, I, I was in the band for a number of years. I'd say even longer than it took to get a degree. I'm not going to put a number on it but yeah it it was it was an amazing time um went to the sugar bowl with the the team was part of that whole journey from you know basement dweller to national prestige and back down again so that was crazy um but yeah living on the mainland it's a different flavor it's 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 kind of crazy to hear the visiting team or the opposing teams uh, radio stations or or broadcasts and their comments about the Hawaii teams and how they view Hawaii strengths and weaknesses uh, I think I have indicated one time before uh, <laughs> where I live in Northern California they actually pick up the ESPN Fresno station uh, broadcast mm-hmm. and so I'm sitting in my car driving to work and I'm, and you know, people in Hawaii think, uh, you know, um, uh, Bobby Curran and, and all those guys are homers. They got nothing on some of these mainland guys. I don't know if it was just the dynamic of the show, considering I had never heard, you know, visiting team or opposing team 
radio broadcast before, but I mean, you would have thought Fresno was, was like USC junior. You know, they were like, yeah, we have 300 pound linemen. They should have been five-star recruits, but they were two instead. And those are scouting reports. Don't know what they're talking about. And this, that, and the other thing. And I'm just sitting here going, holy crud, man. You, you do realize what you have and you don't have to go that hard as Homerism. So, and, and also as another note, um, visiting, the opposing team stadiums for as much crap as everyone gives Aloha stadium. It is almost miles above some of the stadiums I visited this. Uh, I don't want to call out any particular stadium and I just don't want to hurt feelings, but there was one where I would not even sit down on the benches because I was in fear that I would break them. Now for you guys who don't know me, I am a big guy. But these scared me. And it's not necessarily me. I, I didn't want to put my son on them. I didn't want my wife to sit on them. I, we just sat there going, holy crap. And it was funny, too, because after the game where everyone's leaving, you actually have to go to the opposite side of the stadium of where the visitor bleachers are to leave. You look back, and all of the bleachers were bowed because everyone was sitting on them. And I'm just like, yeah, that little stadium with their seats and everything, no, that's not happening there. So. Well, you know, we're all friends here, Nico. It was San Jose, San Jose State. <laughs> you said it, not me. Um, since we are talking about him, it was funny too because as we were leaving, you know, everyone likes to use the restroom before you leave because on the mainland, I mean, for us, I think it was the hour and 45 minute, two hour drive back home. We were going to use the restroom. And as we approached, a cop was exiting the restroom, put his arm up and said, No, you can't be using this one. And I went, What? <laughs> Right. Were they, you know, they discriminating against you because of your size? I think there was somebody in there that they were either actively arresting or were oh, okay, trying okay. to, you know, some situation was going on and the cop was, because I mean, everyone after me had to be ushered away, but this cop was blocking the restroom on the way out. So it just kind of was, was this trippy thing like, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll just find another restroom. Well, uh, as I said, man, you were a tuba player. And as you say there, it took longer than a time it would normally take for someone to get a college degree. Do you miss that time of performing in the band? And what do you miss most about it? Oh, absolutely. You know, it, to me, the thing I miss the most, I'll start with that first is the transition from the empty stadium when you arrive and there's no one there. And, you know, you're just kind of tooling around playing, practicing on the field. And then once game game time hit and it was halftime and I know some fans left and whatnot, like they or you know, went to the bathroom and whatnot, but it was still 25, 30, sometimes even 40 K in the stands. And just to see it all filled and just, you know, performing in front of that, that, that kind of gave me the biggest thrill right there. And, um, you know, I, I do miss playing in the band. I, I will say that. I mean, just in general, playing music with, with other musicians and whatnot, just something that, uh, you know, our mutual friend Eric and I used to do a lot. And yeah, I, I definitely miss it. And if, you know, with the COVID and everything, can't even go back and do an alumni band where, where they would invite all the alumni back and we just kind of make our own little side band and, and kind of an auxiliary band into the, the major one. But yeah, it was definitely a high point in, in my life that, that, you know, I found my wife through the band. It, it's kind of how everything worked out at the end. 
it did work out for you. Uh, I will say that. And uh, you did, you did pretty well for yourself. I'll, you know, <laughs> good job. I'll let her know. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, Nico. Well, on the subject of streaming, which is really why you're here, how did you get into this? You know, me and you, I mean, we go back, we're both into gaming. Uh, we spent probably an, an inordinate amount of time, more than we probably should have playing video games uh, in our formative years. How did you decide to make this something that you wanted to do as a hobby and a way to actually make a little money on the side also? Um, maybe about eight years ago now, uh, I met a friend of a friend and they were all into video games and it was a game called League of Legends that we were all playing. And he, uh, Hyperkind is his name, he slowly turned to me. He's like, hey, yeah, you know, I, I stream the game if you want to come and watch it. Uh, there's this uh, partner webpage called Twitch, twitch.tv. And, you know, we, we broadcast the game from our computer and you can watch and you can chat and interact with us. And it's a whole thing. So I said, oh, you know what, we'll check it out. So I kind of sat in with him first and was on his stream and just kind of watching it. I was like, oh, you know, that's cool. That's kind of fun to see other people playing games that I enjoy and watch and, you know, can kind of interact with and would not normally have those kinds of interactions, you know, like I know people can jump on voice comms in, in like while when they're rating and whatnot, but to have kind of one person playing and to see kind of their viewpoint as you talk with them, it's a different experience entirely. So, you know, that that's kind of the starting point. And then from there, I kind of took my own journey to, to streaming. Um, I think within a year or two after I was watching him, he said, Hey, why don't you join with me? You know, we'll play league of legends together. You can stream it from your computer and I'll stream it on mine. We'll just have like a simulcast. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, it's not like anyone's going to watch me. I'm not a decent player or whatnot. I'll just, you know, have fun doing it. I'll send it to my family and friends and, you know, they can come in and watch and just, you know, haggle me or, or, or you know, troll me or whatnot like that. And we'll be good. So started doing that. And back then they had a different kind of set of requirements. Um, the, the golden tier, what everyone wanted to get to was called partnership. Uh, partnership with Twitch is kind of where the money was at, where, you know, they'd split revenues, they, they, they provided for your channel, you were kind of the man on Twitch. Um, when I got my, what they call affiliate status, it was kind of more streamlined. Um, there was a set requirements were a little bit lower, where you needed X amount of concurrent of viewers watching your stream. You needed to stream for a certain amount of hours per month. You needed to get a certain amount of followers. You just hit these thresholds and then, hey, you know, your email is generated here. You want to become affiliate? We'll give you what they call a subscription button, which allows people to pay uh, to kind of help you run your channel. Uh, the, the system basically allows you to kind of pay for entertainment, you know, like, like paying for a ticket to watch a basketball game or something like that. Hey, someone's giving me entertainment value. Uh, I, I want to pay for that entertainment. And I mean, it's a totally free platform. You can watch for free if you want to, but you know, some of these guys, especially ones who do it for a living, they kind of need that income. So that's kind of going off on the side there, but I, I got my affiliate status maybe about three years ago now. Um, and it's, it's been a slow ride. I mean, learning how to get programs that 
capture individual games, broadcast them to Twitch so that other people only tune in can watch, um, making sure that I had overlays in place and, and, and certain um, what they call bots, which are automatic programs that kind of filter in chat and whatnot like that. Because a uh, big thing now, especially with Twitch, is what they call TOS, Terms of Service. And they, they're strictly monitoring, especially everyone's chat for certain words or certain phrases that they are what they call bannable. And so you got to make sure you can moderate your chat to prevent any of these things from happening. So, right, uh, right. you know, that, that, that was my journey about three years ago. And um, I was kind of on this path that, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll start a schedule. I'll get everything going. And then I had my second kid and it was kind of like, well, I don't have free time anymore. So there's work, there's kids, and then there's sleep. And that doesn't leave a lot of room for streaming. So on the occasion where the kids go down early or, or they're satiated and my wife is, is taking care of her own things, then, you know, Hey, I'll jump on for probably four hours maximum and get that all going. But you know, that that's about it for my streaming career. I, I don't foresee myself getting to the partnership level. Uh, some of the requirements for that, are, I, I'd feel I would never get something like 75 concurrent viewers. That means every cast, you get about 75 people in. Uh, I think there's chat requirements that they have to you know, speak a certain amount of time. And so, I mean, that, that's a lofty goal for anyone. And, you know, if you get it, more, more power to you. But for me, this is strictly a hobby. So, And that's fine. Shoot. Uh, you know, I, I salute you for that. I mean, it's like you said, it takes a lot of time and dedication uh, and you have, you know, so many other demands on your plate right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for the, the average sports, sports fan who has maybe heard of esports or video game streaming and has never watched one or never really even felt curious enough to check it out. I mean, this is a a burgeoning business, like multiple, multiple millions and millions of dollars are now kind of in the advertising pot that goes out. The, the, a lot of the NBA teams are having their own esports teams. So like right. I know the Kings and I know golden state actually have um, rooms in the arenas for their esports teams. And they go there, they practice together as teams. They, they do all their, their uh, squad stuff, whatever the case may be on 2k21 or or yeah right exactly um and yeah i mean the sponsors if you can get a sponsorship at a high level it's so lucrative now it's Mm -hmm. i mean it's no wonder there's there's some because the audience is there i mean if if you attract people either through your charisma or your ability or combination of both um you know there is a viewership for it amazingly you know a few years ago probably a lot of us wouldn't have believed that but i mean people like myself have definitely come around one of the last things I wrote at the star advertiser uh, on the high school level was a story about how the HHSAA has, has really adopted esports. Uh, you know, kids playing a few games in particular, like rocket league, I think mm-hmm. smite league of legends having semi sanctioned competitions. And I think they're moving towards having that become a full sanction sport, if you will. So uh, what do you think about that? I mean, just having it kind of accepted or adopted like at that level right now. I think it's good. I think it it allows for kids to be more involved in school and school like activities. Um, they they it allows kids to kind of fill their time because especially living up on here in the mainland, I, I noticed that 
we don't have a lot of the amenities that Hawaii has. You know, we after school, you can't just kind of ride your bike to the beach and hang out at the park and, and, and go home afterwards, you know, and, and kind of fill your time up. You need some sort of extra activity that maybe sometimes you're not athletic for a sport. You know, you're not athletic enough for, for something else to happen. So, you know, we, it, it, to me, it's good. I, I think it's, it's a probably big demand for a lot of schools as they aren't well enough equipped to handle, let's say, an esports team of five members jumping in and out. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I, I like it. I, I think it's a good progressive step forward. I, and hopefully, um, you know, it gets the recognition it deserves because these people just have, they have to dedicate themselves just as much as any sport. And I can, I can attest to that as being a, a marching band kid, you know, people don't think we invest time. They, they don't think, you know, we, we practice and kind of do the same things as like the football team or the basketball team. They don't think the demands physically and time-wise are there like the other sports. And so, you know, they, they all they see is either the end results or just choose to ignore everything. So esports coming along, I think it's a good thing. I even managed to watch, I think, Moana Lua, the Namenehuni, um, do a League of Legends match. There was a local shoutcaster that kind of broadcasts it. So all yeah, right. I, I think it's good. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, Nico, there is like a, my understanding is like a, a fairly robust or growing local when I say local, I mean Hawaii-based Twitch stream community of which you are a are a part, right? Uh, it's it's called Twitch Hawaii. It's, I think it has yes. like a Facebook page, Twitter Twitter page, its own Twitch channel of Twitch to excuse me Twitch Hawaii, and uh, you guys do Twitch streams together at scheduled times, scheduled games, and either um, simul stream them on each of your different channels or how does that work? How, how does this really kind of come about? So the friend of mine that got me into Twitch in general, Hyperkind, he noticed um, that some of the other Twitch communities had kind of their own either city or state kind of communities. So like Twitch Montana or Twitch Sacramento or something like that. And so he said, you know, I know a bunch of people in Hawaii who, who, stream on Twitch who support this kind of thing, start, you know, pulling them into this idea of, Hey, let's become a community. Let's make sure that we're official. So this is something that is recognized by Twitch as a Twitch community. Um, and, you know, his idea fruitioned about maybe two, three years ago as well. And it kind of blew up into this thing now where we have oh, man, dozens of members, um, heavy streamers, viewers uh you know organizers community managers and you know we would just it's all like-minded people who enjoy twitch or gaming in general not necessarily just have to be twitch you can also be a youtuber or facebook gaming or anything like that and join in stream you know come with like-minded people you can do collaborations where you meet up with hey let's do a league of legends stream where you know i'm opening it up does anyone want to join me and, you know, the, the whole thing grew and blew up. And, you know, with so many people now, I mean, they, they've done as far as to open up like a Twitch Hawaii Kauai, 
Maui, you know, other islands, because obviously everyone can't just fly to Oahu on, on a dime. Even before COVID, you know, they were they they did uh, the broadcast of the Overwatch Championships and at Dave and Buster's, but you know, other, other island kids or not kids, I shouldn't say kids, but other island members, you know, sometimes they can't come in, they they can't afford that ticket, and so they they started to do these smaller sanctioned uh, meetups just to kind of, you know, feel like they have their own community, but yeah. So the community just kind of brings everyone in, in from, from either from Hawaii and lives in Hawaii who flew to Hawaii. And it just kind of is, Hey, we're a community of people that, that Hawaii ties us together, but we are a community of, of like-minded gamers, nerds, whatever we want to call us. <laughs> And, you know, we love games and, we're, you know, this is what we're about. Nice, man. Uh, well, your channel specifically is at Cantor808. That's K-A-N-T-O-R-808, the, the digits there. Um, out of curiosity, what's the most people you've had on your channel watching you at any one given time? <laughs> yeah, call me out here. I think I had 12. Okay. And I'm not even sure if it was, like, on purpose or if they were accidentally there for any reason, but <laughs> they just stumbled. Uh, they got yeah, stumbled over. Yeah. So that's one of, one of the things that was actually good about living in Hawaii is when you stream, you're not necessarily on mainland time. I think a lot of, a lot of Hawaii streamers that I know of got a lot of European viewers because that's like, that's around the prime time for Europe and whatnot. And so you'd get people from Norway and Sweden and Portugal and they'd come in and say, Hey, you know, I love your gameplay or or, or, I love hanging out with you. You know, this is awesome. Where are you from? Or we'd say, Oh, we're Hawaii. Oh, "Oh, we're from Portugal. Like, okay, well, welcome in. You know, uh, I, I don't know how to, connect with that but well let's go I, my, my uncle or something like that is portuguese let's, let's have fun this is something i was curious about nico because as someone who kind of casually you know is maybe adjacent to the the streaming universe i play rocket league on a casual basis occasionally do ranked matches i don't stream it out or anything i have watched streaming of the rocket league championship series and anyone who doesn't know rocket league is a game where you are basically in an enclosed digital arena driving around a remote controlled car and have to knock a soccer ball into the opposing team's net. It's basically remote control car soccer, and it's actually a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was at least at one point there one of the more popular, I think, safe to say, games um, mm-hmm. in yep. the esports community and in the streaming community. I think it's not quite at what the level it was. My question for you, Nico, is: Do you get the sense that like the the game of the moment has changed? pretty frequently lately like was it kind of solid for i mean fortnite had command of everything i think for like a year right um call of duty is always there rocket league as i mentioned overwatch as you mentioned uh league of legends and then there's the recent comers like fall guys and among us some of which you can play on mobile i know among us you can right so um how do you kind of deal with like the changeover from the popular game of the moment to the most recent game can you keep up with that so I'm lucky in the fact that I'm what they call a variety streamer. I, I don't kind of pigeonhole my channel to just one game. I play whatever I feel like playing. And if you want to come along for that ride, you're welcome. If you don't like the fact that I'm streaming League of Legends, well, tough. So I I, I find it easy to kind of ride that ride out. Now, the people that rely on twitch for income i you know the partnered streamers who who do this what they call full-time 
they probably have a little bit harder time adjusting. And now I, I can't speak from experience on this, but I know that sometimes, especially if you are, let's say, a, you know, let's, let's go with your example, Rocket League streamer, you stream Rocket League, you, you, you may be a part of an esports team. Uh, your community is kind of based on seeing you play Rocket League and the next big game comes along, like Among Us, or, you know, what's just released now is uh, Watch Dogs Legion. Um, you know, if you make that jump over, A, it's, it's kind of hard because it's a saturated market. You know, all of the big names are going to be jumping in there. The guys who have 10, 20, 30, 40K concurrent viewers are going to also be streaming this game because it's going to be bringing this in. And so you got to fight amongst those numbers to pull people in. And then you might also, you know, alienate your your community you 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 alienate the people that are there to watch you play rocket league so for instance uh for me there is a streamer named puppers he is a dead by daylight streamer um i would love watching him he starts about 1 p.m uh pacific time great to interact with really cool guy great at the game um, but in order to keep up he's been switching to games like phasmophobia which just came out and for me, it's like, well, I understand that you're doing this, but I don't want to watch that. That's not what I come to watch you for. And so there's this struggle back and forth between the two. And I'm pretty sure, you know, they can, because you, you get all of these analytics, you get your viewer count, you get your sub count, you know how many people are resubbing, you know how many people are new subbing. And, you know, they have to weigh that out themselves of, okay, this is something that I can go forward with, or this is something that I can't. All right. Um, in your experience, uh, you know, you mentioned Puppers as like a, a Twitch streamer, a, a popular Twitch streamer that you follow. Uh, what really goes into, I guess, you know, the people that have these popular channels? Is it an ability thing? Is it a personality thing? Uh, would you weigh one more than the other? Or is there even another factor I'm not even considering? Um, I, I think I'll start with that one first. Uh, there is another factor, and it's it's kind of the darker side of Twitch, and that would just I'm going to generalize it by just saying female streamers. Um, <laughs> there is a sect or a, a a population of Twitch viewers that will always go and watch female streamers and it's nothing against a female streamer you know there's no there's no animosity or anything like that towards them but they'll usually come up and you know they'll they'll start with like no no viewers one day and then they'll be partnered within two days because they have something like four thousand people watching them every day and it's not their content. They haven't been up for more than three days. There's no content there. So there's gotta be something else, but that's, that's the darker side of Twitch. I mean, for popular streamers, I mean, it's, it all depends on how you click, you know, is the way this person presents their channel is the, you know, is, is it clean? Do they interact with the, with the community? Do they not, you know, what's going on with all of that. And so for me, um, I like a good personality. Uh, the the streamers I watch, I have to be able to interact with, you know, th- when I ask them a question or make a comment about what they're doing, they'll, they'll respond to that or, you know, provide some sort of feedback to that. But there's some, um, I think 
the the major one that I watch right now, Co Carnage. I mean, he has something like ten thousand eight hundred people watching him at any given time. This guy is so popular that um, people in bars will ask the bartender to change the channel to his stream so they can watch him stream while they're at a bar. So he's just wholehearted, great content, great guy has all of the bells and whistles of, of a, you know, like a NBC news broadcast. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm, I can aspire to that. I'll probably never be at that level, but you know, it, it, it so there's always like, I think we, we spoke about this before. There's, there's a market for everyone out there. It's just, how are you going to apply for that? And how are you going to, to make sure that people come back for that content? Okay. So Nico, maybe you could explain, you know, I, I have a little bit of an idea, but for folks that have just no clue whatsoever, um, you know, that this entire conversation has been like a revelation. <laughs> um, how, like, I guess, the, you know, the profit model, like how, how do these people like make money off doing this? Okay. So the, the first, first thing that they make money off of would be what they call subscriptions. And so uh, Twitch allows for three subscription levels, uh, $4.99, $9.99, and $24.99. So one, two, and three tier. And those tiers, you, you can subscribe to a particular Twitch streamer. And I think Twitch takes 50% and then, then they give 50% to the streamer. And so by subscribing, you kind of, you directly, um, you know, fund right, facilitate their feed. So yeah you support them and, and in that endeavor and it's kind of like you know paying for a basketball ticket you know to watch them or or cable tv you know it, it's it's an entertainment product and if it's entertaining to you you kind of you want to support it i think um a good saying that that kind of stuck with me before was uh bursting or you know playing music on the street if walking down the street a musician gets you to stop throw them a dollar i mean that 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 obviously got your attention they obviously entertained you you know reward that and so i think that's kind of the same thing with twitch here where you can view i think uh if i can pull up the number really quickly i mean so right now on twitch there's 136,405 unique channels if one of those guys gets your attention for an hour or two i mean that that's that's pretty impressive and you can do something similar to the analogy with the, you know, throwing a dollar to the street musician. You have the ability to like uh, distribute like a, a, like a form of currency to them as they're streaming, right? Correct. So um, the other avenues for, for pay would be um, besides sub. So besides subbing yourself, you can also gift a sub to somebody. So that's, you know, just bestowing a subscription upon another person um there's also ads they'll run ads on your your uh, twitch stream and you can get revenue from that um what brian is talking about is called cheering so you can buy a current a, a twitch currency called bits uh there's two ways you can do that you can do actually spend money to do that or uh, unfortunately watch more ads and by watching those ads they'll give you free bits to give to a twitch streamer that you like and so it's kind of like a, a nice way of just, you know, hey, that person did a, an amazing play in, in Rocket League. You know, he did an aerial and did a 360, boom, he hit it in the back of the net. Hey, here's a, here's, here's a throw a dollar your way for just, you know, that amazing play. So, yeah, um, there's also, I don't have access to it, but there's other um, 
ways to generate revenue is a thing called bounties and that's between Twitch and partners. And, and what they'll do is they'll put out a bounty on something and it'll be like, Hey, you know, while you're streaming, watch street fighter four for half an hour on stream and, you know, talk to your community about it, talk it up and Twitch will pay you for doing that. Um, and, you know, there's other things too, like extensions and other stuff as well, or direct donations. But the majority of your money is going to come from subscriptions, ad, not ads, sorry, subscriptions and uh, and um, uh, cheering or bits. Gotcha. And to be clear, like Twitch is obviously not the only platform for this. Um, like I follow a couple of Rocket League uh, streamers on uh, on YouTube. Uh, a musty cow and sunless con they both have exceeded like a million subscribers each so mm-hmm. there there is a, a market for this i'm not just any one platform although i think twitch fair to say is maybe among the most popular or the most popular so um yeah, yeah. so okay yeah man thanks for thanks for breaking that down i mean like i didn't know a lot of that stuff so i appreciate it um so yeah okay we're nico we're gonna go <laughs> i watched one of your most recent streams <laughs> in the game among us and for anyone who doesn't know the premise of this game is and this is one I, like i mentioned you can play on mobile um my little sister megan is, is way into this <laughs> you you get together with either a bunch of strangers like up to 10 you can correct me if i'm wrong up to 10 people and they could be all friends people you know in a private game or random randos if you will and uh you're like kind of a, a crew of a spaceship, right? And you're like mm-hmm. you're in your little spacesuits. It's all like cartoony style art design, uh, but with a darker undercurrent of <laughs> of intrigue and betrayal uh, because espionage. Espionage because at least one or two people at the beginning of each round are randomized as the imposters. And if anyone's played like a there's a series of you know games you can play with your friends called mafia games where some people are secretly the mafia this is kind of in that same vein the imposters Mm -hmm. are trying to sabotage everyone else can actually straight kill the other uh shipmates when you're ideally not seen by another uh regular crew member and uh the idea is for them to sabotage the entire operation and the crew members on their part must carry out tasks try to avoid being killed and suss out who the imposters are before it's too late. Did I kind of sum that up pretty accurately? Yes, you did. That That is 100% the game in a nutshell. It's the imposters versus the players. All right. So as I said, you played this game recently on your, uh, your Twitch channel, Cantor808, and I was uh, entertained, amused, somewhat horrified in <laughs> just alternate points in time. Um, <laughs> and uh, I nearly spit up my breakfast right out the bat watching this when uh, when you said, I quote, I'll be honest, I have no effing idea how to do this. <laughs> but then in short order, you uh, were the imposter, you killed someone, got caught, and you immediately got voted out of the airlock, which is what happens when you get voted out, basically like tribal council style by the rest of your shipmates. So um, I, I had a pretty good laugh about that. What did, how did you feel when that happened? Um, it, it was an experience like the, the game has this intrigue about it and 
I think they really do need to invest in getting voice comms into the game because the way we were playing it was basically, Hey, let's all jump into a voice comm called discord. And when we are in the quote unquote voting process, we'll all unmute, undeafen ourselves. We'll talk, we can do whatever during this time. And then the minute we're back in game we're we're muting ourselves, deafening ourselves. So we can't hear anybody and we'll play the game, you know, as it's normally intended. And I tell you what, man, it, it, <laughs> It is a trip sometimes about how people with an agenda will just not let anything go or not let anything convince them otherwise. And that's how I felt. I felt that there was just fingers pointed at me from the start. And no matter what I did or did not do, it was not going to matter. All right. Well, I'm going to stop you right there because you had an agenda, my friend. And your agenda was to get your friend Radical Mari, who is another Hawaii-based Twitch streamer, tossed out of the airlock <laughs> in, in what I could tell just because of the spite. So the next game, I think you, you can play up to, you know, four plus games in succession where different people, the imposters, each round it's randomized. Well, you immediately lied about knowledge of her being an imposter based on what you claimed you had seen on a video recording, which is one of the little um, bells and whistles you can do in the game. And you claimed she was an imposter. Now, just by sheer luck, it turned out she was, and you got her voted out immediately and yes. and killed. Uh, my question for you is: Did the ends justify the means there, Falunico? No, because I believe I was voted out before that. If I'm remembering the clip correctly, because what had happened was um, we got called in to vote, and I was I actually did see Mari kill someone. And I was like, okay, let's vote on Mari. And they're like, no, we don't have enough evidence. They, no one believed me. And I'm like, well, what, what the hell, dude? Like, I know what's going on. And so they voted out somebody else who, and then luckily we had it turned on so that we could see if the person that we voted off was an imposter or not. So as that person got ejected into space, it said so-and-so was not the imposter. So I'm like, all right, great. People got to believe me now, right? I mean, that person that everyone was all like, that's sure, sure, for sure, for sure, is not the imposter. So whoever was pushing for that, obviously was wrong so there there is a vote button that that happens in game so there's two ways to call for a vote if you see a dead body you can make an announcement and it'll immediately take everyone in or there's a big old red button in the center meeting room and you push it and it calls calls for another meeting i pushed it the minute like the minute we loaded back into the game i pushed it called it back up and i'm like hey guys so you know so and so wasn't it it's got it it's mari i'm letting everyone know and no one me but you claim to have seen like with your own eyes that she did and you knew you hadn't but everyone went along with it and you got her kicked out and then you said uh, to your twitch streamers afterwards like and you were giddy like i just bs'd my way through that and i just happened to be correct and i thought it was freaking hilarious okay we, we don't talk about that we don't talk about my my um, genius that that's for a different podcast well okay well the, <laughs> the very next game you immediately accused poor radical mari again that she was the imposter but this time you got yourself thrown into a riv- river of lava because no one believed you uh, how did, yeah, how did the, you feel about that that's the event i'm talking about that's the one that that got yeah. me salty as hell because yeah that was and believe it or game. not she was actually imposter like the first three games well, she, she got three games in a row. So like every time we could have just voted her off and, and, and been done with it. But th- that second time when no one believed me, I was saltier than hell. Well, you, you went like full grand inquisitor mode. You, you had no idea whether she was guilty of the crime and you just were like, I mean, 
I mean, I am not surprised at all by this turn of events because I've known you a number of years <laughs> and your, your vindictive nature. But mm. I'm just saying, whoever, you know, your Twitch streamers who are out there, just be wary because he'll turn on you. Yeah, and it's kind of, it was kind of a point to to have fun and and bring a new angle to the game because I mean the people I were playing with knew how to play the game they they knew what was happening and what was going on and and all of the ins and outs. Now I hadn't played it that much. I think I did one or two games beforehand just to get down the mechanics of it. And when I did, I played it with randoms. There was no voice comms, so it became kind of this. Okay, let's see what I can get away with. More importantly. If I'm as crazy as the player, when I am the imposter, people won't see a difference. And so there was kind of this gamesmanship of, well, if I lose half, I'll win the other half. Okay. Whatever you have to do to justify <laughs> your behavior, man. You, that's on your conscience. I, you know, hands off on my part. But well, hey, it, it bit me in the butt like Harmon usually does. Hey, well, I was entertained, and I think that is the ultimate goal of any Twitch streamer, right? Whether or not you're you know, some, some Twitch streamers have a live video stream of themselves mm-hmm. going up. I think in your case, you choose not to, and that's totally fine. I know there's people on both sides of that fence. You can at least uh, interact with your voice, which is, I know, a big part of it. And that was, like I said, highly entertaining. So kudos <laughs> to you. Um, Thank you, yeah. Yeah, man. So, all right, well, we're going to wrap this thing up by, I'll just ask you, you know, bringing it back to the, the general sports universe as we said, you were in the marching band a whole heck of a lot of time, capped off with going to the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans uh, during that 2007, you know, amazing uh, UH football season. I'm just curious, what is your favorite UH sporting event of all time that you have seen? Probably been to in person would be ideal. Um, seen. Oh, God, there were so many. Um. I can't narrow it down to one. I think, especially now reminiscing on everything, it, it's amazing to me how many like professional players, NFL players, especially NFL stars, came through Aloha Stadium. Like, not too many people know Ben Roethlisberger played at Aloha Stadium in college. He was on Miami, Ohio. Like, I had no idea who this guy was. He was tearing up UH the whole time, but I think we eventually won, I hope. I don't remember correctly, but they did beat Big Ben. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I had no idea who that was. And then he got drafted. And a friend of mine who follows football closely is like, you know, dude, that, that's the guy that, that faced us that year. And I'm like, holy crap. So it, I think there are, if, if I had to narrow it down to, to one particular, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny now that I think about it. But the, the, probably the singular biggest event outside of the Sugar Bowl was the Michigan State UH men's basketball game at the Stan <laughs> Sheriff Center. The place was packed. I think it was over capacity by at least a thousand people. There were people on the concourse, people in the tunnels everywhere. And I, I think that what usually happens to, to teams when they first come to Hawaii, there were some cramping issues. And that uh, game in particular, that, that was some of the worst. I, I think it was, Tomizos. yeah, you guys were not hydrated properly. I think it was second half at this point. Um, 
<laughs> one of one of the Michigan State players go down, and he the tunnels now are packed. So the, the, the there's all these people lined up, people I'd never even seen before. Usually, especially back then, those tubas we used to be in the tunnel, and so we we were down there, and we were actually pushed to the side because there were just so many random people that we had no idea who were. We had the dancers in our area, the whole nine, and so. This this poor player is, is hurt. He's cramping. He's he's whining back and forth. Was it Paul and, Davis? The uh, God, I I really wish I know who it was. All, all I know is that the there was a Hawaii either usher or or kind of medic medic guy who was there who had called for a stretcher, and the stretcher obviously can't pull through everyone. Everyone is looking at this guy who's down who has stopped play, and no one's you know, parting the seas for the stretcher to come through. And Tom Izzo is just yelling at this guy from Hawaii, you know, like, well, where is the damn thing? Da, 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 like that. And the guy's like, it's coming. Like, you know, it's coming. Like, and he's trying to help the player out. <laughs> Eventually Tom Izzo stands up and he's like, takes the stance. Like he's about to swing at the, the Hawaii guy. And the Hawaii guy kind of backs up, and he's like, what the hell? And everyone's just staring at Tom now. And Tom jumps back down and starts helping his player. And that's when the guy, the guy had stood up. He turned around and saw the stretcher, parted everybody. The stretcher came and pulled the guy away. Um, Hawaii luckily came away with a win in that one. But that one kind of stands out in my mind because I'll be honest, as much as a sports fan, I sometimes don't know who the, either A, the traditional powers are, or B, who UH is going to pull for, like audience-wise. I, I, sometimes I don't know when the fans are going to show up and just be, you know, 8,000, 10,000 strong or when we can have somebody in a, in a Power 5 conference and we'll only have 2,000 because uh, Bruno Mars is in town or something like that. So <laughs> It's been known uh, to happen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, top is the – the whole sugar bowl event, even about what happened to it, it was still an amazing journey. It was an amazing time Um, that Michigan state game. And then uh, a lot of the um, postseason women's volleyball play. That that is some high level volleyball. I got to see, you know, Margaret Wakasau, Kim Willoughby. um, God, what's the other one? I got to see them up close and in person and just smacking the hell out of these balls just come flying. I, during my, my tenure with, with uh, UH, the, the men's team never allowed us to play there. I, I don't know why. That, that's, that's something between the music department and um, the men's team. But we were never – when I was there, we were never allowed to. It's changed now. I think they allowed sure, the yeah. team to show up. But that's, I never got to see the men's team. So, you know, I, um, Alan Allen and all those guys who were there during the tenure – I never got a chance to see nor, nor watched. And it also helped too with women's volleyball is my grandmother is a big supporter of UH volleyball. So she used to go to the games and I used to go to the games and play. And then when I was done, I'd, I'd throw my tuba up and, and then I'd go with her and, and, and go home. So it, it was a fun way to connect with her. Well, man, there must be some kind of connection between being a band member or a marching band member and eventually finding a hobby in streaming because I know of at least one other guy, Keegan Ota, who works at ESPN 1420, um, that does, you know, at least as a, as a hobby, as a little maybe supplemental income, uh, his own Twitch channel, uh, GG is his handle if anyone's curious, <laughs> but maybe it's a guy I'll also have on the pod at some point. I don't know. There's just something... I, there's a lot of common threads between you two that I, that I know of. So 
um whatever he, whatever. he ain't the only one that in the in the twitch hawaii community I, I found even guys that were in band when i was there are you know now part of the community and we meet up and we reminisce about the old times and and you know oh you know remember this game or or, or that event and yeah so it's, it's gotta be something in the water you band geeks man all right <laughs> uh well i'll close by saying you know i got to memorably um go to a, a Sacramento Kings San Antonio Spurs game between our two uh, our two teams up there in Sacramento uh back in like 2015 man it's, it seems like it wasn't that long ago but it but it kind of has been and then uh like a year later or, or actually two years later uh yeah a year later you I, I commissioned you to be like my stat runner at, at UH basketball's Big West finale at uh UC Davis, Davis. they, they yeah. locked up the Big West championship that year and mm-hmm. the number one seed. Uh, so that, that was pretty funny having you courtside with me running stats. Uh, I appreciate that, man. That was, that was good times. Yeah, it's, it's just – I, through our friendship, I would never would imagine that sports would have been such a big aspect in our friendship. I mean, even besides those two, we went to a, a Golden State Warrior game at the Oracle. Yep. And, you know, just in, in general, we've, we've watched a lot of sports together and – it's it's just fun. It's just fun to to have somebody who can be kind of at the same mindset as you as you you watch a game and progress. And hey, you know that that kickout pass probably wasn't advised. And you're like, huh? You want a beer? And so, yeah, it it's just it's just nice to have that that kind of camaraderie. And and yeah, you know, same here, man. Just it, it's been a blast talking to you. And just it's been so long since we had a chance to reconnect. So thank you very much for this opportunity. Yeah, man. Miss you. Uh, take care. Hope the, hope the family's doing well. Be safe in this uh, crazy time and uh, appreciate you coming on once again. No problem, man. Hey, uh, everyone, Brian McGinnis, everybody, the only guy who can get Kanoa Leahy to chop a tree at his parents' house. It, it happened. The, there's <laughs> photographic evidence. But, yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. All right, man. Take care.